I let them in, and they broke me. Broke me so bad it took me years to get back on my feet. But I did it. No magic. No bits. Just a vision. A plan to save them. Really save them this time. And yes, Bruce, this is all part of that plan. Batman, Last Night on Earth. Written by Scott Snyder. Pencils by Greg Capullo. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my severed Joker head in a jar is the one, the only, in a world. (laughs) (laughs) Dominated by plagues and greed and famine, one man dares to stand up for justice. That man's name, Travis Ratz here. (laughs) Travis Ratz and I are bringing you this podcast where we're going to dive deep into comic books. And and on this episode, a comic book club episode of Comic Exposure, we have a guest who's going to help us dive into Batman Last Night on Earth, a DC Elseworlds comic book uh, written by Scott Snyder with pencils by Greg Capullo, Jonathan Glampion's The Inker, FCO Palencia is the colorist, and Tom Napolitano is the letterer. We've got a whole crew of people on this book. Travis, why don't you tell us who our guest is today? Yeah, a, a really a really nice snag in these desperate times. Our guest is actually a doctor. And you know him because today we have Dr. Dan, the Batman fan. Well, thank you for the nice introduction. I always feel like I screw it up. I love coming here. But, you know, <laughs> I talk about Batman all the time. And Dan, just, we're, we're, we're glad you're here. Also, I have a rash I'd like you to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was showing me last night, and it, it, while it was arousing, it, I don't think I gave him any good advice. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, Dan, we're, we're glad to have you on the show to help us talk about Batman. Um, what I want to do to start us off is this is a sort of apocalyptic Batman story, right? Yeah, it is. It is sort of end of the world Batman. And what I want to know is. What is your favorite type of apocalyptic story? I don't like what what are you looking for in your apocalypse? Dan, is it is it a virus that spreads across, you know, the countryside and has people staying indoors? Is it zombies? Is it nuclear waste? What what's your Mm. what's your preferred apocalypse story? Well, it's that's funny because I, I think there are several tropes that every time I see it, I think I just wouldn't do that. Like there's always, <laughs> there's always the line of cars at the gate and like people are trying to get in the gate. I, I always figure I'd just stay home. And then there's always the above shot where the zombies are encroaching on the group and they're fighting them off. I always feel like just get bit. I would just get bit. I wouldn't fight that. And uh, death take me. Uh-huh. And then I think of I am legend and I get sad every time I think about him having to kill his dog. Oh man. So that I, is I, a always, one. I always side on 
and it's a it's appropriate like i'm gonna do my best to make sure that shit doesn't happen like i don't i'm not the world's best leader but i hope god damn it i hope that stuff doesn't happen and as we're living it hard to <laughs> Right? See how I managed to stop it. People get right. sick and we run out of toilet paper. Imagine if this killed people faster, what we'd run out of. Travis, what's your favorite apocalypse story? What do you want in your apocalypse? Ooh, I want, actually, I actually wrote uh, a play uh, last year, uh, Mimi's Pumpa Pie Cafe at the End of the World, where there was an apocalypse. And I remember struggling like, well, I got to. I gotta f- talk about how this apocalypse happened. And then I realized, no, I don't. Everyone you understands don't. what an apocalypse is. You just say, I just said, I just put around things like there's fires, there's mutants. They would reference all those cliches that Dan was talking about. And people yeah. just, just go with it at this point. But if I had my druthers, I always like a good heaven and hell apocalyptic story where mm. the forces of heaven and hell are doing like the 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 world uh, almost like a, not a, what's that? It's not a like second dogma. coming. It's a what? Like like that movie Dogma. <laughs> Did you lose me again? No, no, no I'm good. I got it. I got no. it. We're good. Okay. Okay. He didn't like that you cut off his joke. <laughs> no, no. No, he definitely he definitely lost me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's my idea of apocalypse is like when all sound in the world goes out. Oh, that'd be a bummer. Yeah. Well, Josh, what's your apocalypse? Uh, what's your apocalypse? I think yeah, yeah, that's a good question. For me, for an apocalypse, I like a good end of the world weather apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. So your your uh, what's the day after? Not the day after, yeah. but what's yeah, the day, day after tomorrow, tomorrow or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like that's I like a good end of the world or aliens, a la like Independence Day. That's that's the stuff I like, where like we don't even like all of a sudden the movie is like, and this is 50 years after the aliens came and killed almost all of us. Right. Like that's the, I like the either natural disaster or aliens zombies, I think are played out. I think health is played out, especially right now. But my, how many movies do you think are going to be written about quarantine? When this is like, when this is all oh, said so and many, done, so right? many. Cause everyone's, yeah. you write what, what you know, and everyone, all these writers have all this time and all these amateur writers have all this time. And so it's impossible to sit down uh, in front of a blank page and not have the events that are happening in here uh, bleed into that. Even if it's metaphorically, it's going to be, yeah. you know, there's going to be all of these Everything. like symbolic stories where there isn't a virus, but it's about a virus. Right, 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 right. All right. Can so, I tell you something, Josh? I'm not afraid. Yeah. And this this is telling and very, and I, I, I'm not proud of it. I'm not scared of weather. And I should be, because that's probably what is yeah. going to be the thing that brings us as a human species to our <laughs> Global warming is going to kill like, us all. But like, people are like, oh, like, uh, you know, and then there's going to be ice storms. I'm like, eh, wear a jacket. <laughs> we'll stay inside. It's fine. Um, so... We are we we read this story and um you know we bring Dan on for our Batman stories. And so Dan we've got this Batman story here and uh Travis what can you uh, do you think that you could summarize what this story is about? It's tough. Do you yeah. think you could do you think you could give a Yeah, sure, sure. We'll just give like a, a, synapsis. a brief synopsis. Uh Yeah. Snap it to a synopsis. All right. I'll do it as much of it. All right, brother. Here's what happens in this story. First you got the Batman, brother. <laughs> yeah. Batman's resurrected back in the end. Um yeah, so we basically uh this this takes place in like a poke post-apocalyptic DC universe uh where a bat a Batman wakes up to find that the world around him has gone to pot and 
he has to uh, very a la uh, um, I, I, let's not reference another comic when discussing it uh, here for the synopsis. But uh, he emerges into this world and he sees that everything has changed, that heroes are uh, many heroes are no longer uh, around. Evil has taken over uh, the DC universe and Batman has to navigate this new DC landscape Uh and come across all these mutations or evolutions of our previous DC heroes and DC villains. Uh, the most uh, absurd and most prevalent being the fact that in this story, uh, as you too well know since you read it, that he has, Batman has to carry around the head of the Joker in a jar. The sentient head of the Joker in a jar. Right, that's that's a key piece of it. It is a sentient talking head. It would be great though if it was just a decapitated rotting Joker head that did not talk. And at first, I, I also questioned like how much of it is he actually talking? And, and I'm like, at the end, are they going to reveal that this is not it? But you quickly realize uh, with the rest of the absurdity that nope, the Joker's head is definitely talking. Yeah, and and this is an absurd story. It is. It is ridiculous. Like, there's no way around it. I feel like, I don't know, Dan, did you read any of Dark Knight's, like, Batman Dark Knight's Metal or whatever it was called? I did. And it was, and then, and and then were you, you were on the show when we talked All-Star Batman, right? Yeah. I feel like Snyder and Snyder is essentially like, well, I'm done telling regular Batman stories, so I'm going to tell the most batshit off the wall stories possible. Oh, can I like, can can I tell you guys that I actually have Snyder's interview with Scott Snyder, uh, where he answers that question. Can may I read to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how nice I am. May may I, may I read to you? You may, you may, Travis. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um. So let me get my so when asked about like where he came up with the story, he actually ran into, uh, Scott Snyder ran into Grant Morrison. And this is when Snyder was, you know, kind of uh, felt like maybe he wasn't good enough to write a Batman story. And this is Grant Morrison's advice to Scott Snyder. This is what he said. He said, listen, the way out of this constant worrying about whether your work is good enough is to give your version of Batman a birth and death because then he is wholly yours. Once you do that, you know him better than anybody. There's no question about it. He's your creation. And this is exactly what Snyder does in this book. He gives him a birth and death. So Snyder owns, because there's, well, we'll talk about it. There is a little kink to who our Batman is here, but he births and, well, metaphorically, I mean, the death of the end, you know, like the same as like Frank Miller's, you know, the first one right, yeah. ends Batman. I feel like this is a, that's interesting because what, my first thought when you mentioned metal is this is a bunch of scraps from metal he couldn't use and then <laughs> threw in to a story. Right? My my knowledge of the story is this was their last hurrah, right? Capullo and Snyder, and this was their last hurrah. As as evidence, I don't want to give anything away, but the owls. It wouldn't be their last hurrah if they didn't bring in the owls because I feel like the Court of Owls will yeah. be one of the things that last from them. Absolutely. I, th- I think I, th- I think you're right. I think like this seems to be a story. I just feel like when Snyder was done with his Batman run for New Fifty Two, and they're like Snyder, we want you to keep writing Batman, but we don't want you to write the main the main Batman book. Yeah. But do whatever the hell he whatever the hell you want. He's like, okay, I'm gonna do this wacky uh, road trip in Quentin Tarantino thing 
for All Star Batman. Then I'm going to do this batshit crazy Dark Knights metal thing where I'm going to I'm going to do this epic universe and just add all of this stuff. And then for this one, he's like, well, I, you know, what have I got left? Let's do Apocalypse. Right. Like, I feel like he's he's just taking Batman and doing these sort of different takes and tales with him. But for the most part, he's using a lot of the same sort of like pieces in it, right? Like the same sort of ideas, whether that's the court of owls or you see him, he's, you know, um, he's got, Oh man. What's, what's the, what's the other, the new Batman he introduced that guy's name. Uh, A Duke. No, it's a Duke. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, so the the yeah, he's got the yellow on. Yeah, he like Duke is in here. And so I feel like um this is a this is like a a um his let's throw everything at the wall and just have fun. And Travis, you had mentioned this before when I when we were talking about this earlier and we don't talk about the books very often, but you said this was a very like old man Logan story. Right. Yeah. I I think on on uh I think there is a little bit more to it. I think that when a, a, an author decides to tackle, use an apocalypse as a story arc, I think yeah. what an apocalypse allows you to do as a writer is to, to you to explore. Break every rule. Yeah, it's certainly that for sure. <laughs> uh, but also to confront what humanity at that time, that generation's time is most afraid of. Okay, yeah. it allows you to because then you can hyperbolize that through the apocalypse. And what's interesting in here to me is that it seems that what Batman is most afraid of is a the world deciding that they do not want superheroes and that in fact they prefer the villains. We vote for Lex Luthor. We chase the villains out. So when you think about what would be a personal apocalypse to Batman, like the end of of what makes sense to him in the world, the the total collapse of that would be the world deciding that, hey, not only do we no longer need superheroes, we just don't want them anymore. Right, right. I, I think also like this is that, I think what this sort of, and we talk about it. So like, it's not old man Logan because it's not old man Batman because he's not old, right? We right. get like this new clone of Batman. So we get young, fresh Batman doing this. Clone man but Batman. At the, Clone Man, Batman. But at the same time, I think what this future story always lets writers do is it lets them make up whatever they want, right? Because you own the future. Right. And people can, like, that allows any other writer to change the future however they want because, you know, you get into your headspace of like, oh, only one little thing needs to change and then all the future can change, right? Also super fun for artists like Age of Apocalypse, new character designs, uh, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, Barbara Gordon's kids. Right. right. You get to go out there and you get to say, well, this is this is how I think things are going to go crazy and be different. And I can jump to some really weird conclusions down the way. Um, and I think that that's probably a fun sandbox to play in instead of going like, well, I'm going to tell a Batman story, but he's got to be in Gotham and Gotham has to look like this. And this is how, you know, Gordon's going to act because this is how Gordon always acts. But if you do that time jump and you add in the apocalypse, you can throw all of that out the window and have characters act in different ways, have characters not be in character or what continuity says they would act like. Yeah. And you get to have that fun. And I think that that's what Snyder gets to do 
Snyder and Capullo get to do with this run. Yeah. Oh, I I, I, really, I, I like what he did with Gordon after you said that. Gordon. Yeah. It took me a, realize, it took me a while to realize that's Gordon. The, yeah. the hippie man is Gordon. Yeah, with the with the ponytail, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love- <laughs> that was that was great. The, yeah, Gordon very much in here represents a teacher in their last year of teaching after a career of teaching, <laughs> where they go back to like their seventies roots and they grow out the ponytail and they're just like, "Yeah, hey, man, live or die doesn't matter, man. It's my last year, my last ride." Yeah. Dan, right? let me. I want to ask you this. So when we talk about the. A uh, possible. Uh, I, there are other iterations of a an apocalypse happening in the DC universe. D- how does Snyder's vision of a DC uh, the uh, total destruction of the universe does it ring true for you? Does it feel epic enough? Does it feel like yeah, you know what? I I think that y- your storyline here meshes and it, it, it creates a fun or dramatic apocalypse the way that Snyder's the way he has the way he gets rid of Superman the way that Batman figures in the big villain in the end of it does it feel like a good end to a DC universe I think it beats Frank Miller's Dark Knight 3 I mean that but that's a low bar I did like yeah I think all that I I really like Capullo's art. I think you guys are going to be surprised when I point out what my favorite panel was because I, I just like how stringy some of his silhouettes are. The problem that I found is I read it right away, and then I was looking up the timeline. It comes out in May, and then it comes out in July, and then the third one doesn't come out into December. So what happened between July and December and then I read these in the autumn, and I just finished number three today. I, I'm glad to hear you guys say it was absurd because I had to go back and look at other things like what the hell's going on here? And I do remember the scene with anytime you can kill off Superman, I think you're trying to do something pretty bold in the DC universe. And I, I really liked how they came full circle in the last page. Yeah. Uh, you but, know, I yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to do it. I also, you know, to kind of like to Travis to kind of run with your story, I think that he places everything really well. I like that the reason we have this mind control is Martian Manhunter, right? Like, I think that's a yeah. that's a clever way to do it, right? Instead of instead of it being Batman using the Mad Hatter or Batman using the Riddler or, or something like that, you know, this this old Batman Omega to mm-hmm. to kind of control the the world that it's it's Martian Manhunter, right? He's using a hero to do this. And that that right there, some of this stuff, I will say, it it definitely smacks of this old man Logan sort of, right? Like playing zany, on zany, your, yeah. Right. And and but I really do um I thought to, to to run with that, I thought it was a good placement of everything. I I think I think Lex Luthor getting elected is a little overwrought. I think it happens too many times, right? right. You can go like, yeah, it, it happened in uh, Red Sun, right? It right. happened in Superman Red yeah, yeah. Sun. It happens It happens here. It happens in actual continuity. Yeah. So maybe that's not the weird part is that it happens in continuity, but this is just the actual shitty fallout as opposed to like orange long-haired Orange, long-haired uh, Lex Luthor becoming president when Superman dies or, you know, like yeah. this, is, this is a different way to do it. Um, but there was just there's just some weird stuff in this book that for me I was like okay I don't I don't understand that. I would tell you the one thing 
if like I know we're talking, we're you know, we're in general let, talking let, about let, the story. Let, let, let's move the specifics. Let, it sounds like that's yeah. what you're about to do. Well, why don't we go around and tell us one of your favorite like zany or like uh, uh, hyperbolized moments in here? Is that kind of what you're going into? Like one of yeah, I was going to say, like, I wanted to hear, like, what do you think really worked and what do you think didn't work as we talk about this? Because okay. I think that there are a couple things. There are a couple things that you go like, I don't like that was a little strange. Uh, Dan, what what do you what what thing do you think worked the best? What was the sort of twist or different thing that you thought, oh, that's clever. I really like that. It was Martian Manhunter until you just took it. Now I feel like a high school kid. No, no, dude. Uh, I really like Martian Manhunter. I, I liked that the scarecrow was I liked his scarecrow and I liked that he was riding piggyback on Bane a whole bunch of times. And then I really liked when they busted into the new Batman's cave and there was Sinestro and uh Black Man Man all those uh villains like trophies. Yeah. 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 That was a, yeah. Um and Brainiac. He, this guy killed Brainiac. Brainiac's one of my favorite villains of all time. So if you can get away with that, I thought that was cool. One zany part I really enjoyed was uh, Joker wearing Robin's outfit yeah. with yeah. The, the headband on, the bandito. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they really winked at that heavy throughout the first couple of yeah. issues. You're like, he's definitely getting the Robin outfit. Um, right. <laughs> my, my thing that I thought was a really clever twist was the Flash Storm. Uh, oh, that was fun. That I was thought cool. that was and there enough a cool of it, though. Way. Yeah, it was just it was too small, but I thought it was really interesting. I thought that was going to come back as kind of like an, maybe an ex machina device at the end uh, in some way. Uh, but I love it how the like even the the sent the storm is sent in. It's like help us, Bruce. All these flashes uh, in this yeah. tornado of, of flash. That's I love that Zanus. That's what I love in an old man Logan, old man Hawkeye. Uh, stuff is seeing clever mutations of well-known powers and and skills uh i thought that was really clever what about you josh yeah i thought you know i i thought what was creepy was the green lantern babies yeah i thought thought that was kind of cool and weird i think i will tell you that i think the book starts off starts off way stronger than it ends yes um I, I think it's weirder at the beginning and then it starts to get a little normalized as you move through it. I thought one of the little nods that was, was interesting was when they get to that one uh, location and all the, the soldiers are kind of dressed like hush, right? Their faces right. are all bandaged up like hush. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting little nod, right? There were little bits and pieces of it. Dude, swamp, that you things, go like, swamp things in this book. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's, all, there's all these little winks. I thought the swamp thing was cool. Um, I also, I think the other thing I thought was interesting was whether, I don't know if it was, if it was, if it was planned or not, or if it was, if this is the homage they were going for, but was Omega looking like Batman beyond like his costume being an iteration of future Batman, but instead of being a kid in the costume, it's, it's, it's the old man inside the costume. I thought that was an interesting court of play. I think what we see in this book is a lot of like, here's what you know about Batman. Here's something you've seen in Batman. Let's twist it a little bit. Let's use this thing, you know, but let's monkey with it a little bit to, to see what you think about it. Right. Um, So I I thought that was, I thought that was kind of a cool thing. I like that. Wonder woman's plan was to take everybody to hell. 
right? Like yes. that's that's how I'm gonna save everybody is we're gonna take all the people who are left and we're gonna go to hell. I struck a deal with Hades. He's gonna give us a little bit of light, right? I thought that was like a weird, a weird kind of way to do it. But um, Mohawk, Mohawk Wonder Woman gets me. I like that a lot. And then yeah. I like uh, Catwoman. Catwoman was true to self in that she has mixed loyalties and does it because of her relationship to Batman. Right. I thought that, that was a cool scene. So, Travis, when we talk about some things that maybe didn't work for us, I, I think to start with me, I want to ask you guys if it was just me or or maybe not. Did the timeline seem weird? Like, I felt like it was supposed to be way far in the future, but I don't think it is because everybody's still alive. I think it was... T- 10 to 20 years. They, they address this at one point where they're talking about when we kind of get the idea that this is not the OG uh, Batman. Um, so like 10 to tw- 10 years at the minimum, 20 years at the most. I'm trying to find but like, that, but I probably Batman won't. is super, but Batman is super old, right? He's got all gray hair. So, like, it makes me think, like, well, okay. Remember, so- he, he was almost beaten to death. Like, it took him a couple of years, he said, to recover from when the mob of humans or mob of people. Right. Yeah. So, like, that kind of trauma, yeah, that'll age someone more than a presidency. I Yeah, to me, it felt like this was, like, 65-year-old Batman. But the, the rest of the time jump didn't work because Gordon's still alive and... Yeah. No one seems as old as Omega Batman does in here. Right. No, and I yeah, get one and I get Wonder Woman is is Wonder Woman. So you're not going to see her age. Uh, but no one else seemed as old as Omega Batman did. And maybe that's maybe that's just like maybe that's just. um that everybody maybe it's like Capullo just can't draw people looking older. They're either look old, old or they don't. So maybe, maybe that's what it, like Dick Grayson isn't that old in this, but Batman, Batman, like Omega Batman seems far older. Right. I get what you're saying. The timeline was getting me. Uh, I think he had trouble wrapping it up at the end. Uh, I, it I also felt it. Go ahead. I said it also felt like if the, I to me in my head, I was like, OK, which clone of Batman is this? Right. Like. But it was the old, it was like the first clone. Right. Yes, so like. Yeah. And and so to me, it, it, he seemed like it played up where where um, essentially uh, Alfred says, you know, he created this to ensure that every generation had a Batman. And in my head, I'm like, oh, so this is like, what Batman is this? I'm like, oh, no, this is Alfred talking to him. So it can't be, it can't be like way that far down the line. Um, So I think that was the part that was a little muddy for his timeline. Did anything else kind of stick out to you guys where you're like, eh, I don't know. Or am I just being overly picky? No, no, I thought the Joker didn't turn on him at the end. And I thought for certain he would have, right? And I don't know if that's a trope in Batman that... I was expecting it and it didn't re- I, I had a hard time believing that this Batman would be friends with Joker towards the end. Right. Enough. I thought that suspended my disbelief a little more than I would have wanted to in a comic book, obviously. Yeah. The, his accept, his quick acceptance of the Joker as an ally was a, a bit extreme considering 
this Batman apparently should still remember quite a few of the atrocities that uh, yeah, yeah that, that he remembers everything right like he has all of Batman's memories and I, I have a heart I don't like it when they're always expanding the Bat family um, and here we have like at least two or three new additions I've never seen before and Snyder's work has a way of influencing canon so like I would be I would be surprised if we don't see those guys again. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, I, th- I, I think I have the same. So things that drive me absolutely nuts are the Bat Family. I love Batman's like one of my favorite characters, right? Like he's right. my, my favorite comic book character. Um, but all I need is a Robin. Right. I don't need, I don't need everybody else. Uh, I don't. I know. Yeah, I don't need a Nightwing and a Robin and a Red Hood right. and a Duke and a Batgirl and a Batwoman to do all that. Um, I, DC sells books, right? That's why oh, they yeah. do it is you like DC has a, like, that's a gift that keeps giving. You put a bat logo on it. Right. Because you, it's the same thing with Spider-Man or Venom, right? Like why do yeah. we have Venom and Carnage and Spider-Man and Spider-Woman and like Spider-Gwen and, you know, like sure. yeah. all of these different things because that's your bread and butter character. So I, I get it. Um, I, Travis, did anything stick out to you that you were like, eh, I don't know? Um, you know, some of the character designs, I wasn't a huge fan of the Omega design. He kind of looked like Batman Pitbull with mixed with uh, Beyond. I, 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 yeah, I didn't have as many of some of the, the, the pacing, a lot of the, because we only did like three issues and then the end one is oversized. It felt like, some of the motivations in here, like Dan was saying, they don't, they're maybe not as earned. Like we just like the characters accept things too quickly. Um, uh, and, and that type of stuff. Uh, but what I, and this might turn the conversation, but looking at this, I thought it was fun at first, just fun. And then I started thinking about it from kind of what we're doing here. But when you when you take an old an old Batman and put him with a new Batman, one of the things that that's interesting about Batman is that Batman is such a loner. Even though we talk about that Bat family, he's so like some one of the things that's obnoxious about Batman. He's just like, no, I know the right thing. Like you know, and Frank Miller talks about how he has plans how to destroy every superhero. Like if even right. himself, even right, himself, right. right? That's how like. He is into this ideology, and and like I said earlier, it's 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 almost a hit to his ego when he opens those doors in this, like the the Batman um, that eventually becomes Omega, and the humans turn on him, and instead of a de- he refuses to accept the world where his ideology isn't the right ideology for the time where right. they elect Lex Luthor, where they side with villains. And and so what does he do? He doesn't necessarily become, he becomes a villain, but he becomes an, a, a, a villain by going full tilt into his ideology. Going full tilt into his ideology. So it's kind of like if you have Batman following his extreme id, what the DC universe could turn into if unchecked by any kind of humanity or friends and things like that. And I thought that was a really interesting part of this book that took it from camp into like, this has something to say. And then I started reflecting on my life and started thinking about, you know, how, as we get older, the older you get, the harder it becomes for you to 
be pessimistic. The easier it is for you to be pessimistic. Yeah. And the yeah. easier it is to shut out external influences and adapt. And the easier it is for you to just go full tilt into your own ideology. I've learned all I need to know. I believe I, I feel like my identity has been established. The world revolves around me. The world changes, but I don't. So now I'm going to change the world back into what I want it to be. But by putting this new young Batman in there, who's more idealistic and more willing to work with the challenges of the world instead of influence the world, I thought this became a much more layered story and a much more symbolic story that I thought was uh, done better than maybe an old man Logan or an old man Hawkeye. Yeah, I'd agree with you that it does. It does take a different. It does take a different take. A different take on it. Um, I read it months apart, and I I read the third one recently. And when I finished the third one, I was like, I need to go back and read it all in in a row. Yeah, he had to leave yeah. to go. Uh, Capullo was drawing for uh, a Spawn, uh, so that's why mm-hmm. he had to, That's why they had to take that break, Dan. Okay. I, I I read the first issue of it. Um, and then never read the second one or the third one and then read them all over again with this one. And I'm going to tell you, it had been so long ago. I only remember that there was a severed head of Joker in the first book. Right. Um, I kind of wish Batman would have worn the straight jacket outfit the entire time. With the Wayne logo on it. Yeah. There was just something I don't like. It was such a cool design. I really liked that trope at the beginning of you're not exactly sure what's going on. Yeah. Right. I really thought that that was kind of a, you know, like is Batman crazy? Yeah. You have to work your way through that. Yeah. I thought that was a really, I thought it was kind of a really cool way to to kind of set it up Um, because you get this, like you get the initial story that that happens, right? Like the Batman in the dead boy. Right. But then you do that time jump to where this is the cloned Batman and he's trying to bring him back in a way. I, I really just, I thought it was kind of cool. I would have liked, I thought that design of the straight jacket was so good. And I think that's my thing is like the first issue is so batshit crazy. And it feels like Snyder was like, eh, let's, let's, let's pull it back. Because in that first section, you get those giant green lantern monsters and you get the, the flash cloud and you get, you know, or the flash storm, you get all these weird things right away. And I, I wonder like what made him pull back on some of that stuff? Did he run out of space? Did he have to wrap up the book? Like, you know, I don't know. I see them giving anything he wants, but go ahead. Oh yeah. He, He can do whatever he wants, right? Like DC, I don't think tells Snyder what to do at all. Yeah. I think it's that, that whole spoonful of sugar thing, you know, like the idea of let's 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 capture, let's get people invested in the story uh, because it's the HBO model. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 With sex in the first season and then remove it. Yeah. You know, once people are watching and humor, too. I find that in a superhero book, it's tough to be intentionally humorous. Oftentimes we find things in superhero books to be ironically humorous, like, you know, right. Vision wearing a sweater or something like that. But <laughs> here, I, I thought the Joker had some really good zingers, like, yeah. like where I was legitimately like, that's pretty funny. Holy shit, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, like, I want to be able to say something. What's one of the lines that Robin would say? Like, I thought... Mm. 
it was really it was it was an interesting was an Easter egg for us. I thought that was cool. And he's like, "Do I hear babies?" He's like, "I love babies." He's like, <laughs> <laughs> "It's just." And I think the Joker voice in this was fun. I think yeah. the entire way through it was it was yeah. a fun, interesting way to do it. Here's what I don't know: what gentlemen, let's talk art a little bit. Let's dive into Capullo being full on Capullo. What did you guys think of the art? I, I, Dan, what did you think of this comparative other Batman stories you read? I mean, we've read a lot of Capullo on Batman, but where do you think he stands in like the artists who do Batman? Where is he in your pantheon? Well, I think he stands for the, at least the past 10 years. I don't think you can, when you capture a genre, they'll be capturing this one. Uh, I mean, a, a decade, they'll be capturing this one. I like him. I like his cow. I love his stringy capes particularly when they're in silhouettes. Um, I, I can't get enough of Capullo. If what I, I, I just love his right. I love his art and I love the colorist because sometimes with the green babies and then the red um, storm and then the swamp thing, the colors were on point, this whole thing. And they really drew the pencils out. Right. I think you're right there. Travis, what do you, Go, and one thing I, when you yeah. saw Batman Beyond's Batman and the old Batman, I was like, is he copying Arkham Knight from the video game? Uh, yeah, I can I, see that a little bit too. Yeah. Go ahead, Travis. What did you no, like? I, yeah, I, tra- I, thought, I thought you made a great point about how the colors still allow for a lot of those pencils and not hatchings. I don't want to say hatchings, but those, there's a, there's a raggediness uh, that has to happen in this book. And Capullo's art style works really well with that. He's those years of drawing spawn capes that that have really helped yeah. with, with him drawing tattered <laughs> tattered characters. Nothing 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 says Capullo like a good old tattered spawn cape. Um, well, yeah, I think I think Wonder Woman has a very tattered spawn esque cape in yeah. this. So what it, like, it's shorter. I'm gonna make but... a dec- I'm gonna make a declaration right now. Capullo, best of tatters. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I think you said I think this is it's it's what you expect from from Kulo, uh, Capullo. Uh, I think that he's able to kind of stretch a little bit more with his imagination, doing some new designs and still making them work realistically within the, the absurdity of the story. Uh, when it comes to like the Court of Owls design on the robotic Court of Owls that Dick's wearing and, and things like that. So I think it's, I think it's Capullo being Capullo, but his uh, imagination being allowed to run a little bit wild, but still keeping it grounded in that kind of gritty tatteredness uh, that his pencils are so great for. Um, he draws a great swamp thing. Can I get mm-hmm. a Capullo swamp thing book? Yeah. Cause he's kidding because the lines that he draws when he draws facial hair and the way he draws the moss of that, I'm like, Oh, give me a whole book of Capullo on swamp thing. I think that would be that. Like I would never have thought that for, a swamp thing book, but he does a good swamp thing. Um, I, the facial hair, you, I can't, yeah. facial hair is top notch. He does it. He does it very well. I really liked his design work. I thought he did. He was able to kind of um, keep characters pretty normal, but then just expand a little bit when he needed to, whether that was like, here's my tweak on wonder woman. Here's my tweak on Superman. Here's my tweak on, you know, each of these little characters along the way, um, I thought he did a really interesting, you know, I th- his Gordon with a ponytail. Like, oh, that's a fun thing to make Gordon look like that. And, you know, here's my Omega soldiers. And look, the robot Robin suit was great. It was a, like a fantastic sort of like mecha 
I like the, I like the joke. Is like, should I should I put the mask on underneath? He goes, Ah, oh, Robin would have put it underneath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, over it, over it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he starts with it underneath, and I'm like, How did he get it underneath the yeah. glass? And then he puts it over the glass later. Um, but I, you know, Capullo's great. I, I think you're right. When we look back, and however many years, he will be a quintessential Batman artist, right? Oh, absolutely. When you look, when you look at like, okay, Miller's Batman. Okay, he, you know, Dark Knight Returns. That is that is a quintessential Batman design. When you look back and you see, you know, uh, some of those classic sort of Bronze Age Batmans yeah, and from the yeah, yeah, and you go like, okay, that's that's Batman. I think Capullo this he does a, his his cowl silhouette the ears it's like it's this sort of like middle ground between the 90s yeah and and, and and the little tiny ones from uh miller but i i really do think he is a great batman artist i wish he i wish they would just let him draw the regular batman suit though yeah yeah, yeah. the black I, the, the yellow outline yeah, the little homage at the end where they get again. Where he's the- blue. Yeah, where he's got the blue cape. I'm like, that's good. I like that. Put some yeah, underwear like on it. Mm-hmm. Put some underwear on it, and that's a perfect bat. Like that's a good modern Batman costume. Underwear on it, right? Um, I felt like that. Can we talk about how the last panel with Batman does not look like Capullo drew that big panel of Batman? I I thought that earlier in the day. Let me go to there. I was like, "Is nothing else that doesn't look like anything he's drawn at any other point in this?" And I just wonder if it's the color in the inking that does that. Let me check it out. Because oh, it feels, because yeah. it feels like the last. I think it's two- I think it's done on purpose because uh, I love the ending to this. I love it. I mean, you can kind of see it coming from a mile away with the Superman returning when they talk about how Lex Luthor right. is like trying to get him. But I think it, it's supposed to be kind of like an homage to the classic uh, JLA Batman, where it's, it's less tattered. It's more rounded. There is that hope back into the world. There is this echo of class uh, classicism in this um, it, where it's smoothed out. It's less tattered. It's less, you know, those things. I think that, I think, you're right. It does. It's different than the other Batmans. It's not the as beefy and um, as some of the other Batmans we've seen. But I think it's supposed to um, show that sense of that's like a Batman who's going to pick up a Superman baby. I, I also think that I think I think you're right. I think it's purposeful to make him look that hopeful. I also think there's something about the coloring on the cowl that makes that just changes. All the other because it it's, the, like, it's so like it's been polished. It's like it's polished. It, yeah, it's so totally different than the rest of the book, right? So I see it being Capullo in the ears, but yeah. the coloring does throw you off, and the it it it, it ends on the page of optimism, right? Right. Spawn and Batman and the new Fifty Two Capullo Batman is not an optimistic character, right? Yeah. So right. it could be just visually different than what we're used to. I, I, I do right love the, I do love that Batman design at the end though. Yeah, yeah that is what's not to that, like. That big yellow Batman is like that big yellow bat is great. That's a winner. Uh, I love I love, blue, I love blue and gray Batman. I love blue and gray Batman. So like, is it possible? Is it possible to raise a Superman up to be Superman without Ma and Pa Kent 
I feel no. like that's a huge no. missing ingredient, and I feel no. like this world is not going to do well with the Superman. <laughs> Oh no! You if can't Batman, let Batman, Batman raise. You can't let Batman raise Superman. Yeah, Bruce Wayne's not a good dad, man. No, Bruce Wayne's a bad dad. He doesn't do dad very well. That's why all of his kids are messed up, right? That's why, like, none of them. They all have issues. Um, <laughs> He's gonna be raised by Batman, the Joker in a Robin suit, and a disgruntled Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, the the world is pretty much screwed. <laughs> So, so gentlemen, I think as we see, you know, this take on on uh, Batman and this interesting story that we have here, here's here's what I want to know. And do well, maybe we should do favorite panels. I want to do favorite first. panels because I have a, a broader first. question as well that I would, I would okay. like to ask you guys. Okay, so let's do let's do favorite panels. Uh, Dan, what's your favorite panel? You said you had one we'd be surprised by. I want to, I want to, yeah, uh, I'm on a digital version, so it's in book three near the end when the villains finally get to see Dick Grayson's crew in the hallway while Wonder Woman is fighting. And I'm going to show it to you, yeah. pull it back a little bit. Oh, yeah, 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 silhouettes. Yep, yeah. silhouettes. I like a good Capullo silhouette. And then there's one earlier. I, I cited that because I did like his um, Scarecrow. Yeah. I thought the Scarecrow was scary. Scarecrow's my second favorite, Joker being the first. But I, I'll read a Scarecrow any day, Scarecrow comic any day. What a great design on the Scarecrow. It's so yeah, like, it's spidery, tinkery. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, he used the, the, the Dark Knight version with the tie for the, the nooses. Yeah, and then I thought he took a, and then the fingernails from Arkham Asylum being syringes. I thought he took all the best pieces of Scarecrow. I like that a lot. All right, Travis, what's your favorite panel? Bud? Uh, I I am in love with the Batman, um, uh, what straight jacket uh, costume. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love it when in the panel it's in book one where he emerges from the underground Batcave and it's like that that he's still in the, the straight jacket and you have that beautiful orange desert coloring and you see the buckles that are his ears. I love the straight jacket Batman. I thought it was very creative use of how to like kind of cobble together a bat suit. Um, and I love how he still needs it. Like he's like, give me that, give me that fake bat suit, right? Mm. I think you're, I, that was that is a great panel. Um, I I'm gonna go. Mine is look, this bearded Batman or this bearded Superman is great. Doug, uh, Doug, I had like part of me wants to do the one where he's where he's carrying Batman. Yeah, where bearded Superman is carrying Batman, but I'm gonna go with the panel where he's getting cut in half by oh. by Wonder Woman. Uh, because oh yeah. It, wonderfully brutal um and (laughs) there's like his 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 intestines are hanging out and it's kind of like out of nowhere you don't think batman's bad and then all of a sudden he turns but it doesn't last very long because wonder woman is like not screw that noise and like on the next page she cuts his hand his arm off and then his head off so like it's a pretty brutal takedown of a Superman. Again, those, those are like spawn guts too. Those are Capullo oh, yeah. like spawn guts. Those are beautiful. Like the intestines look like worms. Like that's that's yeah. good stuff. Um, but Is I think that book it, uh, it might be my. That's so book the, two. The, I believe that's book two. Yes. The hardcover doesn't split them up that way, 
Mm. The hardcover essentially, I mean, it has all like the part five, part this, part that. We get it, but, Josh. You bought the hardcover. Enough already. God, money cost, bags. <laughs> you know, it cost me almost as much to get it digital. And I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna buy it. Yeah. And the so I have it. It's a good one. It, it's a good separate story to have in a kind right. of a nice edition. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. Gabby, and then Gabby can go, oh, just what you need, another book. Um, <laughs> I also want you to see like the nice, I want you guys to take a look at the lovely hard cover when you take the dust jacket off of it it's got this nice this nice green uh, yeah. the severed, severed head uh which is a fun a fun little a fun little design underneath of it um so here's here's what i want to know who do you give this to before we get into other questions do you give this to somebody who do you give this to travis yeah i think this is pretty universal in the sense that there there's not there's not too many deep cut Batman Easter eggs in here. There's plenty of Easter eggs in here, but not too many deep cuts that a casual, if you had only seen the Batman movies that you wouldn't right. be able to get through this. And it's fun. It's apocalyptic. And I love its length. The runtime, Dr. Runtime over here, the runtime yeah. on this comic is great for people who don't normally read comics, but might right. be familiar with Batman only in its movie form. Right. You get it. You get one solid story and you're done. Yep. Right. There's not an extra volume. You, you can read one. it in a night. Yeah. So, Dan, who do you give it to? I was going to say you could give it to anybody trying to break into, you know, just a fresh take. Somebody who doesn't know really where to start. Well, this is an Elseworlds and I'd have to explain what that is. But you're going to see just enough of all the different characters to get a good concept of where to start in the DC universe. Yeah, yeah I, th I think you're right. I think this is this is this is one that you could give to almost anybody. You could give it to like if you're a Batman fan, read it, right? Like this is this is worth your read. There's like Travis said, there's there's enough like Easter eggs for a casual fan, and enough for you if you're like a big Batman person to go like, oh, I like how I like how they did that, right? I I think I think that's an interesting way. You get to look at the twists that they that they throw in here, but still, if you've played like Arkham Knight or you've played any of those Batman games and you're a casual Batman fan, oh great! If you that's a great call if you like the video game arkham knight batman yeah. which is kind yeah. of like this like brutal like a kind of a more brutal batman world as opposed to detective batman that's a great yeah great great call yeah uh, I, th I think that's a good a good a good I, one. I, I can't let us go without like talking about dark side's head on the stick yeah yeah so, I love how they really never uh, they just leave it and don't explain i maybe i don't remember book one i they love that takedown though i do love that he oh, murdered because yeah, you home. know why josh we know this because he got the ant he's using the anti-life equation to take over the world <laughs> oh man that that uh, dan, dan that that i think that maybe uh i don't know how much you know about the new gods but we just read the uh cosmic odyssey which they bring in the new gods and dark side it's all about the anti-life equation and they explain what the anti-life equation is and how it's this kind of like omnipresent all-powerful MacGuffin. and so like it's just this thing you can drop in to a dc story anytime that the power levels become unbalanced and you're like how could someone do all of this all you have to say is anti-life equation and then you got it and you can't say anti-life equation without having dark side in there Okay. I do love, I do love Darkseid. Like they don't explain why, but Batman kills Darkseid, which seems almost impossible. I but you're like, that, okay. I think that's what he had to do to get the the anti life equation. But if 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 
like in Miller's Batman that, you know, Batman figured out how to kill Superman. I feel like he can figure out how to kill Darkseid. Um, right. My question to you guys is this. So this kind of puts a cap on Capullo uh, and Snyder's run on Batman. And what we saw here is when when they gave Snyder the Batmantle uh, like 10 years ago, um, Snyder hadn't done much um, like American Vampire and a couple other he things. He wrote a little detective. He wrote a little detective. Black yeah. Mayor. Yeah. Black and they, and they gave him, they gave him this big thing. What does that say? Do you want, do you want DC to take more chances with who they give their Batman main title to? Or is that still an area where there should be a bit of proving ground? Like we can give it to Grant Morrison because Grant Morrison has proved himself. We can give it to, you know, uh, you know, these characters or should DC start taking greater risks with up- upcoming talent and kind of skipping the line a little bit. Scott Snyder skipped the line to get to Batman. I feel like, and it paid off. Uh, didn't he have good sales in America? I never read American vampire, but wasn't that selling off the rack? Like it was, it was good. Yeah. 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 It was good. I th- I think, I think Travis, I think Batman, Batman's going to sell no matter who writes it. Mm-hmm. Right. There's always people who are going to buy it. There's people like me and Dan who are going to go, all right, it's a new Batman. Let's check it out. Right. Um, but I think, I think you're right. I think Batman should be a place for experimentation because he's a character that I think everybody in some fashion gets right. He's, he's not hard to get, but you can do interesting things with him. And if it works rad, then you can do that giant run like Snyder did. And if it doesn't work, then you go like, okay, man, wrap up your story. We're going to pass it to the next person to go have fun with it. Right. I wonder if you see that a little in their digital comic right now during COVID, they haven't been releasing books to, to my knowledge. And, but they've been releasing 99 cent digital editions. And I, some artists that I thought, wow, well, for 99 cents, I'm going to try that. Go ahead, Travis. I didn't no, mean to I, I was going to say, you're, I think you're right. Uh, I was going to ask you, Dan, what was the one where they send Batman back in time for like a year? Was that Grant Morrison? It was, yeah, it was before, right, right before the New 52 run, I think. Yeah, he was gone for a year. They killed him. That's how they finished Infinite Crisis. And, and Gordon team. was like Robot Batman. Gordon, was that the it same was, time? Yeah, no. no they robot Batman is Snyder. Yeah, okay. and that's you're confusing two arcs there. But okay. yeah. yeah. And, and that's where they got the Robot Robin, right? That's basically the same robot that was in the New 52, but for oh, Batman. yeah, yeah. It's basically the same design. Did you guys see that? It's pretty close. Yeah. It's not as tall. Like the big, the, the big Batman, let's call it the bunny or something like that. That Gordon's in. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think to, to, um, the point on this, I, I think, look, sometimes bat, I think sometimes we let people have too long of a run on Batman. Mm -hmm. Like I think Snyder's run on Batman was too long. I just, I just do yeah. like, I really liked it. But at some point I was like, okay, man, Jim Gordon's been Batman for issues now. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's bring it back. Um, but I think like sometimes, so you've got, um, Tom well, King they just had took, a fresh take. Yeah. Right. They, yeah. They just well, took Tom, Tom King on it for a while too, man. And they just took him off. Did they? Okay. And so, and now they're switching it up and Tom King's going to write Batman Catwoman together, right? He's going to write the Bat Cat book or whatever it is. But I think, like, I think 
Batman should be a place where you go like, that's an interesting writer. Let's let him see what he can do or let's let them see what they can do. Let's hurt. Let, let's let her see what she can do and then go. All right. It worked. Let's do it. Or you know what? That didn't work. Let's try to let's, let's see whose next take it is. Cause I think Batman is a character that you don't have to start over every time. Right. Right. I think Batman very much is a character where you can go like, all right, I'm hopping in. I'm going to tell my Batman story. And I think that's why I think that's why I love Batman is there's so many Elseworld stories of Batman mm-hmm. that you can just jump in and tell your Batman yeah. story. I reread I reread like every couple of years the I have a Batman versus Alien comic that I love. Batman <laughs> aliens for no reason. But I think yeah. I think I I give kudos to DC for giving the mantle of the bat to like Snyder 10 years ago when he didn't have a long run in the industry to giving it to Tom King. And there's been some really great off the wall Batman stories that you don't see as much in like maybe a Spider-Man uh, or uh, some of those other tentpole characters. And I mean, the that property of Batman is worth so much money and they're letting these guys do some really weird zany things with it. And I think I want to see more of that with other temple characters in both the DC and Marvel universe. Give it to the up and comers. You know, if if they had a hot book and maybe not a long career, toss it to them. See what they can do with them. You know, a character they don't give credit to Snyder for enough is the villain Bloom. I thought that was a great character. Do you guys remember? He was a yeah, yeah. yeah I thought that he was, was a great one. He was zero year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he what, was. He, what other Temple character could do with a Snyder revamp? I think I said Spider Man. I think Spider Man could do with some Snyder could do some Spider could do some Spider Man. Right. Give, give Capullo and Snyder Spider Man. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. I like both of them. I don't understand why they have to only work together on DC. <laughs> give Capullo just let him run. Like give him another writer. Yeah. You no, know, I, I think I think I, I think Snyder's been on Batman for too long. I think you could give him Wonder Woman and he'd tell a batshit crazy good Wonder Woman story. I think I don't love Green Lantern, but I think I'd read a Snyder Green Lantern book. You know, like I th- I think there's a couple places that could use some of that, like let's flip the script and start it over. Right. And and let's do something different. It can go wrong uh, too. We, like the Sean Murphy. Oh, yeah. I love Sean Murphy. I di- I didn't terribly like the White Knight. I liked the beginning of White Knight. I didn't like the end of White Knight. Yeah. And I I read some of the next batch of it, and it just looks great. I don't know that I love this story, but I think he's a great yeah. he's a great artist. So, stay um, but in your I, lane. Stay in your lane. Here's what I want to know to wrap us up, gentlemen. We get the sort of apocalyptic. Um, old man Logan take of Batman in a way. Who do you who would you want to see the future story told of? Who who do you want to jump to the future with and see them grapple with whatever? What what character do you want to do that with? Oh, I forgot we're gonna yeah, okay. Uh go Josh, you have one in mind? I I don't. That's why I'm asking you, gentlemen, what you have in mind. Oh, I would tell you, I think. I mean, we've talked about we've we've thrown this character out there before, but I think Spider-Man would be interesting because Spider-Man himself is a young character, right? He's a he's a teenager, yeah. So I think you could play with Spider-Man being older and see how that works. What does that look like for him? But not in the frumpy, goofy Spider-Man sort of way, right? Right. Like how does how does Spider-Man become jaded? 
in what he does, but still does it because he cares about New York and he cares about his city. Then yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in before Travis takes mine. I gotta go with if if I can jump universes, I'd go Daredevil. I'd like to see what a grizzled old seventy year old man oh, looks like. I like that. I like that because you hard and beaten. Yeah, because he's not going to be as spry, right? Like yeah. what Batman has. When you look at Batman in in uh, when you take him older, right? He's got gadgets, right? right? Like you yeah, yeah. have that. Logan has like Im- like he has the ability the to mute. heal himself, yeah, right? Yeah. He's the mutant. But oh, I I, I think Daredevil is a good take. Mine was I, very close. I'm glad you stepped in there. Mine was very close, although I'm not great with it. I thought Punisher would be good, but I feel like the only problem is that Punisher is kind of already an old man in a young character's kind yeah. of thing. So he's always kind of looking at the world through like a jaded apocalyptic view. But I wonder if you take a character who already has those inclinations and because right now what we're doing, well, it'd be kind of like Logan because Logan already has those inclinations too. And that worked. Right, he already has those kind of bitter, rough course things. So I feel like Punisher might be a little bit too close to Old Man Logan, but for lack of uh, more time and more thought, I think Punish like a Punisher like would be very like that. Just go full Clint Eastwood, uh, a la Gran Torino, and just be like, get the fuck off my comic. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, gentlemen. A pleasure as always, Dr. Dan, the Batman fan. I love talking Batman with you guys. If I feel like yeah, yeah. We, every yeah. year we got to have at least one, like one good Batman talk. Yeah. It's kinda like, there's one or two a year, man. We go like, okay, it's time to talk Batman. This is, this is what we do. Um, so always, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Dan, thank you for being on the show as it's always. Done. You can find us on the internet at www.comicexposure.com. You can find all of our episodes there. You could go back. I'm going to go, you can go like, I'm going to see what did these guys read in February of 2016? Go look, you can check it out and you could read it and, and, and see, uh, you you like Dr. Dan, he's been on every Batman book we've done except for one, I believe. I think so. I feel like we have to read it again with Dan on it (laughs) and just do it over again. Uh, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out all of that. You can find our episodes on Spotify and on, uh, Google podcasts and on iTunes and wherever you're finding your podcast crap. If you could review us, give us those ratings, follow us on on those on those that would be that'd be great. Remember, you can go get yourself some lovely merch. No one is wearing a button-up shirt ever again. So you might as well find a nice comfy t-shirt on our Amazon store. You know what, if I, you go- you know what I like to do, Josh? I like the t-shirt blazer combo. I know it's a little bit like late 90s, but I like a good ironic or geeky t-shirt with a nice tailored blazer over it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I think yeah. I still can rock that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. And so what, you can what better that. what better to rock under your Versace? Sorry, Josh, I'm going in this. Your you know Versace, your, your Versace is a little uh, podcast. It's mixing the geek with the chic. <gasps> geek chic, geek <gasps> chic, baby. Uh, you go to the website. If you go to our website and you click on our merch tab, you can find the links to all of our merchandise up on our Amazon store that you can go order and it will prime deliver it to your house. You can get Bruce, the comic book Kaiju emblazoned on your shirt or Travis and I draped in capes looking very homoerotic with one another. So you can, you can find either of those items and I more. I call it hero erotic. Thank you very much hero erotic whatever you want to call it you can find it there uh and ladies and gentlemen 
I, seriously, uh, this is my bastion of sanity in the crazy world we're in right now. So thank you for joining us. Gentlemen, thank you for talking comic books with me. I love you both. Travis, I have no idea what what came out before this episode. This we are just the, the, the Pitch Club. Oh, we did Pitch Club. Oh my gosh, Pitch Club was so much fun. fun. I hope you were so much fun. I hope you go back and listen to Pitch Club. Uh, and then next up, I believe after this episode, Travis, let's not make any promises. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm glad you guys tuned in. Uh, Travis and I are going to read uh, some. We, we're going to try to read some Avengers. We're yep. going to read. Uh, we've got Bog Bodies down the road, an image comic we're doing, and a couple things we're reading. And uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next trade. <laughs>